Welcome to What Needs to Be Said. I'm your host, Alex Regan. Join me on a transformative journey as we explore the power of speaking our truth, overcoming adversity, and discovering our authentic selves. Through personal stories of origin, struggle, and emergence, we'll uncover the profound truth that connects us all. Just as I wanted readers of my book, What Needs to Be Said, to see themselves within the pages, my hope for this podcast is that you'll recognize yourself in each of our stories. Together, our collective storytelling creates a space for healing and helps us grow closer to who we really are. Oneness. Get ready to embark on this remarkable journey of self-discovery and connection. Welcome to What Needs to Be Said. Welcome back to What Needs to Be Said. I'm your host, Alex Regan. So oftentimes I felt like, okay, actually I want to scratch that. For most of my entire life, I've felt like this imminent doom hanging over me. Like at any minute, the other shoe was going to drop. Like there's this like punishment coming down the pike and I couldn't stop it or do anything possible to even prevent it. And, you know, maybe all I can do is like delay it some. That's how I've really felt my entire life. Like I, I remember being a little kid and you know, being in the car, driving home, I think from my grandmother's house. And, you know, my mom's like, oh, just lay down and go to sleep. You know, it's fine. It's good. Just sleep, just rest. And I just couldn't, I never could rest. I never could go to sleep even because I was like, so afraid of dying in my sleep and so afraid that I was going to go to hell, you know, so afraid that I had done it wrong, that I had like, you know, been so irreparably damaged um, by being a human because, you know, that's sort of what, you know, as I talk about my book, this is not necessarily how all forms of Christianity teach, but in my household, it really was sort of taught that like, we really are sinners. We really are like, there's something inherently wrong with us. And, and the only thing that can really save us from that is salvation, you know, accepting Jesus and sort of turning towards him and, you know, giving your life fully over to Jesus. And I felt like I kept doing that over and over as a little kid, but I just, I guess I just never felt like it was enough. Like, I didn't know, how do you gauge that? Like, how do you be sure? And so, you know, I really struggled a lot as a little kid because I just felt like at that point when that really started to come in, like, I just really felt like, God, there's just something so wrong with me. And, and I don't know, you know, how to save myself from this. and. You know, that only got worse as I started to realize, you know, that I was different. Um, As I started to realize as a little kid, uh, you know, I think they're pretty wrong about me being a girl. Um, I knew at probably six and definitely by 10. uh, Hey, guys, I think you all made a mistake. Like, this is not who you say that I am. And then if you start to add in in my early teens, when I started to realize, like, I was attracted to girls. And so because I couldn't use any language back then, there was certainly not any way that I could clarify or say that I was trans. Uh, We didn't have the resources that there are today. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't, uh, you know, spaces that we can hear about things, even as little kids, like you can now today. And so as I started to be attracted to girls, I just thought, okay, like that means I'm gay. And I also knew... Well, I definitely knew how big of a sin that was. Um, I had already experienced that with my mom and dad, um, some other people in church and and other spaces in in their community and the people that surrounded them. So I knew that who I was now, you know, for sure was just completely fucked up and bad. 
And, you know, I just, you know, I want to sit with that because I think that's been something that I've been coming back to all of these years. You know, now I'm in my mid 40s and it's still something that looming, dooming sort of like punishment um, is still somewhere in my subconscious, you know, and it hangs over me and it feels like at every turn I'm always waiting to see like, oh God, there feels like something bad's going to happen. You know, a lot of days I wake up, there's nothing wrong. Life is, you know, life is life. You know, there's the standard things that are going wrong, but there's no huge massive things that are wrong in my life and yet I still feel this like almost looking over my shoulder this anxiety of like something's coming you know something is like coming down the hill for me and I have to run and I have to hide and I have to like get away from it and yet at the same time it's never really felt like I I could get away from it so you know in those early teen moments like I really began to realize that I was like totally irredeemable. Um, maybe in a way I thought even that I was like irreparably damaged. And it really felt like there was honestly no hope for me. Except for I guess I thought like maybe I should be like as helpful as I could. So I really turned into like this people pleasing, uh, you know, going out of my way. Uh, you know, I remember I would, you know, I had some like, silly little after school job like many of us did in high school and didn't make very much money but at every turn I tried to like pay for everything with any of my friends like if I was out to lunch with my friends I would try to pay for it I would always I'll drive I'll buy gas I'll I'll like drive everyone around I'll do this I'll do that like I was just always constantly just going out of my way all of the time just basically overriding and setting myself aside completely to the point where I almost began to feel like invisible and eventually like I began to have no idea what my own wants or needs even were anymore and I guess I thought like well why does that even matter because those were kind of the things that got me in this trouble in the first place was you know realizing that my wants and needs and who I was was contrary to what uh, the church wanted me to be what my family wanted me to be so I think, you know, by the time I came out in my 20s, it really didn't ever, it didn't happen until I got to the point where I was like so extremely sick and worn down, like physically sick, like sick constantly. Um, I was, I was sick all the time and I was so worn down, like emotionally, physically, spiritually, every bit of me and like just worn down by this like deep disillusion that as the youngest version of myself who was happy and carefree and hopeful and loved in the world and especially like loved Jesus that I realized like there was no coming back for that kid like in a way maybe there was no bringing that kid back um and there was no saving me and at that point it felt like really there was like only essentially separation from my loved ones ultimately I think from God and certainly from eternity because I thought like this is only going to end poorly for me this isn't you know going to end how everyone taught me as a little kid you know about this sort of like amazing place the heaven was with like a buffet and all the people who loved you and all of these things and I thought like you know I'm ultimately like on this level screwed 
but ultimately I'm screwed even on the level of eternity. And that felt like the scariest unmanageable thing that I could, that you could imagine. And it really was. And that's what I think, you know, took a toll on my body. Like I said, I was really sick and had a lot of chronic pains and aches and headaches and stomach aches and you name it like my body was just it felt like it was failing me because it felt like because I thought there's this like impending doom I think in a way I kind of felt like well what's the point you know like why am I sticking around here and I think in some ways my body was like well you don't have to and and so that was like a really big part of that struggle and so I don't want to go into a ton more detail about my coming out story because not that that's not the point of this. I mean, I definitely want the podcast and all of this to be a space to have those deeper conversations. But I think I want to talk more about sort of the the ramifications of some of this stuff from my origin and from my upbringing. And you can definitely read in more detail about my coming out and my book, What Needs to Be Said, same title as the podcast, if you have missed that. And, you know, the first opening chapters are about my origin. Um, they have, there's a chapter two is coming out. Um, and there's a lot more detail in there. And and then we can, you know, we can always talk about that further if people have comments and things online and we can have more discussions about it. But I wanted to go into some like deeper spaces about this because, you know, I think the origin, like our origin stories deeply transform, obviously, who we become as we grow up. And I think it's important to recognize that the healing work that many of us do, you know, I don't know about you, but maybe even if you're listening to this podcast or certainly the circles that I live in, work in, walk in, play in, a lot of the people that I know are doing work like this. They're doing healing work. They're doing psychological work, whether it's like therapy or counseling. They're doing somatic work. They're doing spiritual work. They're doing energy healing. They're doing tapping. They're doing meditation. They're doing yoga. They're doing shamanic work, like all of these different modalities that try to really heal the stuff from ultimately our origin. And I'll get into this more in other episodes, but I think it goes even deeper than our origins of, of you know, our childhood now. I think for me, I believe it goes much deeper beyond that to origins of other lifetimes we've lived and ultimately to the origin of like who we are and you know, where we come from and all of those things. So look forward and, and watch for those episodes because I'm definitely going to talk about those kinds of deeper things um, as we progress in this. But since we're still kind of in the origin part, um, I want to talk a little bit more about that, but expand some out into what I think that looks like as we do begin to do our healing work and, and sort of grow and evolve um, through our origin stories. So. I think it's important to recognize that like healing comes in like waves, you know, it comes in, I've found, you know, bits and pieces, almost fragments. And then sometime later, something else happens in our lives that sort of pulls up to the surface, like another aspect of our origin, pain body of something that like triggers something. And then we're like right back in the thick of that pain from our childhood. 
or like I said, I think our origins can be tied into to past life situations and, and other things like that. But we're pulled right back into the thick of it. And I think that that's partly why I started this podcast, because I wanted you, the listeners, to hear from other people, not just from me, but from the people that I've uh, tried to bring on the show and that I will continue to bring on the show so that we can talk about our origin stories and talk about then the struggles that we went through because of that. But also to talk about like how we emerge from those spaces. And if you haven't listened to the original episode, um, this is based on the pattern of my book. So my book is built around three parts. The origin, my upbringing, coming out, what transpired during all of those times, the stuff that I went through. Then it moves into the struggle, which is like, after that, you know, what I went through emotionally, psychologically, um, even physically, and the things that I struggled through after, um, you know, sort of moving out of my origin and into like, you know, my 20s and, and, and space like that and, and beyond. And then from the struggle, it moves into the emergence. And that's sort of like when we come out um, through the other side of that and have um, sort of a healing event or something that allows us to move beyond. And so that's how I built this podcast. So that if you'll see that every episode when I talk to a guest, um, I'm talking to them about their origin, their struggle, and their emergence. And again, we can never talk about all of the things that we have in our origin or all of the things we struggle with or all of our emergences. But I think this is uh, a great platform to bring us into the spaces so we can share um, the multitude of our experiences, but also what's important and what I want us to realize is that we are really not that different than we think that we are. And so what I want to talk about is that I think, you know, all of this is really like this constant cycle just like I said, you know, before a few minutes ago that it happens, you know, in bits and pieces when we're having our healing and everything. And I think that's actually true with all three of these aspects of our lives. So we lived through some sort of original origin upbringing, and then we went through a struggle from it. And likely at some point we have emerged from that in some fashion. And if you don't feel like you have yet, don't worry, you will, because we all do. And this is sort of part of the cycle. And then we'll be tossed back into the cycle where life as we know it now brings up some facet of the original pain again to be faced and healed in a new expansive way. And we just sort of keep cycling through that. And I hope that this podcast will begin to have a space for one, normalizing that in a way, because I think um, it's really easy to feel, especially when you get into therapy or when you get into other spiritual modalities where you're doing a lot of healing work, it's really easy to think to yourself, God, I need to fucking get there already. I've been doing this work for five years. I've been doing this work for 10 years. I've been doing this work for 20 years. I've been doing this work for 40 years. You know, why am I not there yet? I should be there. And it's really easy to kind of hold your feet to the fire and think you should have already, you know, evolved more, you should be enlightened already, uh, you should be somewhere else than you are. 
And what I want to normalize, uh, just because I've certainly experienced this, but I also, you know, as an interfaith minister who has ministered and talked to a lot of folks, this is this is a thing we all face. And yet we also all think, you know, we see somebody else's like Instagram reel or their Facebook page or their TikTok and their life looks like so spectacular and they've got all their shit figured out and they're totally have it all together. And I can tell you right now, that's a load of crap. That's not really how the world works. You know, we put our reels out there. We put our perfect little pictures out there that are all, you know, tailored for people to see exactly what we want to see or what we want them to see. And that's not necessarily what our life looks like as a whole. Everybody is going through their own cycle of these kinds of processes of refacing things from their origin that are still pain bodies that need healing and going through this process. Now, the truth is, not everybody's doing this work. So they might not even realize that this is the pattern that's happening in their life. They might not be doing the work around it. So it might not look like they're doing the work. That's, you know, neither here nor there. It's not my place or any of our places to tell other people what kind of healing work that they're doing. But I do think that every one of us goes through this cycle and this pattern. It just might not be like in our conscious mind, we might not realize that that's what hap- what's happening. So I know for me, I'm always looking for like an exit from this, right? I'm always like looking for like a break from this, like, holy shit, can we have five minutes before we get through an emergence of something and then get dropped right back into the something from an, another origin healing space that we need to look at? Because every time I'm triggered by the past, by some wound again, and when I say this, like, let me give you an example. So, you know, for instance, you know, say maybe like my spouse says something during an argument where it brings up some feeling of like not being good enough. Maybe even in a fit of frustration, she says something along those exact lines or something similar. And then I get really frustrated by her. I'm probably like angry, sad, probably even a bit heartbroken you know, there could be a multitude of feelings. But I might just stop there. And I, what I mean by that is I might just stop there by being upset at her at that one situation at that point in time. And I think the deeper work is to realize that every time I'm really upset, there's always a deeper pain. There's something more deeply rooted in likely my upbringing. And again, this is the caveat I want to toss in there because I will talk about this as the episodes progress, but I think it goes even deeper than that. I think it goes beyond that to our past lives, to to who we really are, to the essence of source. I think in truth, you know, it really always goes back to God, our relationship with the divine. But the point is, is that, you know, the deeper work is to realize that 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 we're really upset about this deeper pain, this more deeply rooted thing, and that this situation is reminding us of that pain, of that hurt. And it might not, again, this might not be conscious. This is usually completely subconscious. And it's like our work to like train ourselves to catch it when we can, to become more aware of it when we realize like, oh, this is probably not what I'm upset about. And I'll be honest with you, it's not easy to catch it in the moment. Um, I don't know that anybody can catch it fully in the moment, but 
uh, with practice, you can begin to certainly catch it, um, you know, after a little bit of time has passed. You know, you might catch it a half hour later. You might catch it two hours later. Um, you might catch it a couple of days later. And you really can begin to start to catch it and realize this is more deeply rooted than this. And if we can realize that, then I think we can work through the process of the struggle and the emergence out of that um, and into healing in new ways. But I really believe this is a constant cycle. And maybe that's where some of the exhaustion that we all live in comes from. Because some of the deep frustration over feeling that imminent threat looming for me is definitely this like expectation that as soon as I come out of the emergence, I almost feel like I don't even have a moment to take a deep breath before I'm tossed right back into the next thing that's like triggering up something in me that's making me be like, oh God, now I have to excavate this. And I thought I already worked on that. And holy shit, we're back here again. And then we're in the struggle of it. And then you're going back through and eventually, you know, you get through to some, you know, space where it feels like you have an aha moment or some healing and you emerge from that again. And you go through this constantly over and over and over again. And I think, you know, that my subconscious believes that that looming threat ultimately is hell, you know. I think ultimately, really, it is just this pattern uh, of going back and forth through the origin, struggle, emergence, origin, struggle, emergence, origin, struggle, emergence. But I think for me, rooted in my upbringing, literally, of, you know, the church and of hellfire brimstone, you know, like, if you don't do it right, you're going to burn in hell forever. I think, you know, mine is caught up in that subconscious threat of hell. And the punishment that's like sort of coming. And even though like on a totally conscious level, as someone who's actually a minister now themselves, I don't believe in the physicality of hell. It's still like deeply rooted somewhere in me. Like it's like a fossil buried 3 million years ago in rock, you know, and it's something that I constantly have to sort of chip away at and try to excavate. And, you know, it's, it's still in there. And you know, that makes me think I was at a workshop recently with um, the amazing Liz Gilbert and Rob Bell. And uh, Liz Gilbert said this amazing thing that she's like, I, you know, that she said, I believe in hell, but it's like right here. And she was like, there's this like thin membrane between heaven and hell. And what determines where we are is mercy. So when we give ourselves mercy, we go to heaven. And when we withhold mercy from ourselves, we're in hell. And when she said that, I was just like, holy shit, like that is so, ooh, like that is so spot on. And that really resonated with me. And so I think, you know, that kind of gives me the space where I realize so much of my time in my life, I've been sort of withholding the mercy from myself, right? Because I believed the stories that I was bad and wrong and irreparably damaged and a sinner and not good enough. and Whatever other things like people told me, ex-partners told me, teachers told me, friends told me, spouses told me, parents told me, you know, whatever the things are that we've heard from people when they're in their pain, you know, when they're in their struggle, when they're in their origin or their heartache and they're not emerged yet. And the things that they tell us, like, I've 
believed that, you know, I've bought into it and I've held on to it and I've, you know, sort of buried that with that fossil of hell. And I've, you know, decided that, okay, these are all truths to me on some level. And so every time then I withhold that mercy from myself, when I withhold saying, you know, no, that's not who you are. You don't have to buy into that. You don't have to believe that. Every time I have bought into that and believed it, then I have withheld mercy from myself. And ultimately, I've ended up in hell. And so I think that that like sort of looming, dooming, impending hell is really this pattern that I put myself through of here's a little bit of mercy. Nope, I'm going to take this mercy away. Here's a little bit of mercy. Nope, I'm going to take this away. And that's a pattern only I can really stop. Because, you know, one thing I have learned, and I talk about this in the book as well, like we have no control over what other people do. We cannot get other people to change. We cannot get other people to grow. We cannot get them to do what we think that they should do. And so what we can do is do our own work in this. So I want to be able to use this space and this platform to really like talk about and normalize this cycle of origin, struggle, emergence, origin, struggle, emergence, you know, pain, fear, heartache, hurt from the past, excavating it, talking about it, examining it, going through the struggle, having therapy, coaching, counseling, energy work, all forms of like healing work and tools that then help us to emerge and, and grow out of it and heal from it. And my hope is that through this work, we can simply learn a few things about ourselves. I hope that we can learn to see when it happens and start to catch it earlier, um, that we can catch the meaning of it, begin to become more aware that we are upset by something else, that it always goes deeper than the current thing we think that we're bothered by. And I hope that we can learn that this cycle through things being brought back up the struggling through it yet again and then emerging means we are doing the work. It's not a sign that we're doing it wrong or that we aren't good enough or evolved enough. It's actually the opposite. It's like actually a sign like, oh my God, we are doing the work because we're dropping back into another thing to be healed and we're working through and healing that and then we're dropping back into another thing to be healed. You know, I said to a friend the other day, this is like, and this is something, you know, my best friend and, and my wife, Doris, we all talk about and call this, this is like the AP course. This is the advanced course life. We didn't sign up to come here to just like do this easy thing and like, oh, that's okay. I don't want to heal anything or grow or expand. Like we came here to do the advanced course and this is the advanced course. So if we can give ourselves that mercy and see we're doing the work, we're growing and expanding and like we are enough and we're evolving and, and we're doing, we're doing well. And lastly, I hope that we can actually learn to give ourselves also a little bit of a deeper and more spacious pause between the cycles. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm in a storm, like the eye of a storm of origin, struggle, emergence, origin, struggle, emergence, origin, struggle, emergence, just over and over and over again on repeat. And 
I can really sense my guides as I'm talking about this and the universe saying, like, there's another way. And so I hope that you'll come with me on this journey because I think we can find it together. So I want to close out by reading you a part from the book, What Needs to Be Said. Um, it's in chapter two, um, still within the origin section. And I wrote these letters. Um, they're called Dear Beloved Letters. And I also learned this practice from the wonderful Liz Gilbert. So she's uh, coming up big time in this uh, episode for me. Um, and she would sort of like teach you to take something that you're struggling with, something that's going on, and just, you know, she'd say, just write it down and write, you know, now I think she, I believe she calls it like a letter to yourself from love or from the universe or whatever. And so this is the letter that I wrote to myself. And this is kind of fun because I wrote many of these before the book actually fully developed and then they all fit into place perfectly. So this is uh, in the chapter, the origin, uh, sorry, in the origin part, chapter two, called Coming Out. Dear Beloved, resentment-filled self, this is what I want to tell you. We know, we know. You carry much pain and resentment toward many of the people in your past still. You wonder how they live with themselves so breezily after the ways in which they treated you. Even today, maybe they would still say it was in the name of love or Christ that they did what they did. We are going to ask you to go inward and look at things on a deeper level. Are you ready? Here is your question. What would it benefit you to let go of today? You know the moment you hear that question that you won't like the answer. No, I don't know how to let that go. Or, who would I be without that? Or, but then who will hold them accountable, resounds in your head. Stay with us. Picture. What would it look like if right here, right now, you released the resentment and pain towards those who hurt you? What would that free up in your life? How much space would it open in your heart to be filled with new energy? Now we want you to ask yourself one more question. A question that is simply the other side of the first. What do you need to embrace? What needs freed up space in your heart? Can you hear the answer? There it is, ringing clear. What you need to embrace is yourself, fully as you are. No surprise then that these two things are tied together. Somewhere inside your heart, your people, people with whom you felt deep, true connection and abiding love, wounded you. They told you or their actions told you that you were not right and good as you were. That something was wrong with you. That you were flawed, broken, a disgrace, unsavable. How could you help but believe them? How could you not then associate yourself with being less than, not good enough, and broken? So this is the key to moving forward in your, in your work. Lay down these burdens you have carried, which are their burdens their stories, their actions towards you, and release the need to carry them forward any longer as your own. You don't need them anymore. You have carried them long enough, and it wasn't your responsibility to carry them in the first place. But we understand why you did. By being willing to release their beliefs, their words, their choices, all of which weren't really about you, but just about them and their own fears, 
you are letting yourself off the hook. Forgiveness means setting yourself free from your past and the people in it. They have all long since faded from your experience, even mostly your memory. It's the scars that have remained. So let's release this, all of it, together. Release the story, the lies, the excuses to be mean to and hard on yourself. It's time to move forward. Embracing yourself in your wholeness, in your goodness, in your kindness, compassion, love, generosity, curiosity, excitement, joy, beauty, enthusiasm, and grace. You must be willing to step into the truth of yourself. Because if you don't, it's not them who will lose. It's you. So I want to close with a dear beloved writing prompt for you to do as your homework. Let the God within, which is the energy of what you determine God to be, I call it the God within. So that's whatever word you use for God, universe, divine, source, there's no right word. So let that energy within you answer these questions for you. What do you know it would benefit you from today to let go of? What do you need to embrace? And then I want you to write down what the God within or your source divine energy says, beginning with, dear beloved. I want to thank you for being here. Thanks for being on this journey. And I'll see you next week on what needs to be said. 